TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone. Touch them all. It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. It is Touch Them All on scorenorth.com, the all news scorenorth.com. That's at S K O R North. Like it when you follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and now Twitch. It's all easy to find at Score North. I'm Rami Makloff along with our Twins expert. He is Derek Wetmore. Derek, how are you this afternoon, my friend? Pretty good. I'm pretty good. I know it's snowing, but I know it's also almost baseball season, so life is good. How are you, Rami? I'm good. I don't know about you. Um, I'm I'm baseball nerd, and I'm assuming you are too, like to the point where... I think uh, pitchers and catchers report are the four most beautiful words in the English language. <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm the guy who gets excited when you see the moving trucks arriving yes. at a team facility to take them out to spring training. And trucks are moving this week, Derek Wetmore. It's, ba- it's baseball season. I saw the picture of the twins truck getting loaded up and headed south for Fort Myers. So. Yeah, I actually I'm heading out Monday, Rami. We're gonna have to change our schedule around a little bit, but I'm gonna be there for a couple of weeks this year in Fort Myers, keeping everybody up to date oh. on the Twins. Oh, you're going to Fort Myers? Ah, uh, yes, I, I am. I did not. Um... Actually, just gonna sneak into the back of one of those trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I did I didn't get my uh, my booking yet, but I guess uh, that's why I don't want to ride in the back of a truck. No, might have got lost in the mail or something <laughs> like that. Something with the switching apartments and all of that. <laughs> that's all right. I just got here. I don't. I don't need. I don't need to leave just yet and it, it may seem like a slow time of the baseball season and maybe that's why you get articles like the one that I was reading this morning from uh, Dave Schoenfeld at ESPN.com his 2019 all-star game predictions and he goes uh, through the National League and the American League and he has one twin on the American League roster the the minimal the the, the required one twin on the American League all-star roster That's right. and it is pitcher Jose Barrios let's start with before we before we uh try and take our guesses our cracks at who else might make it what do you think of of that prediction of Barrios making it I well yeah deserving he was an all-star last year I thought he deserved it there was a lot of hubbub around here that Eddie Rosario maybe should have been the all-star instead of Barrios but I look at it and say Barrios okay yeah, all right a, well people say a lot of different things Rami, it looks get, like Barrios the way it's spelled it looks like Barrios and a lot of people say Barrios and I'm the new guy so forgive me no 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 right. no you're, you're okay you might even be in the majority there I call him Barrios and I get a lot of heat for you know it. in my time in Milwaukee yeah I was the only guy pronouncing Jean Segura Jean Segura is that right yes but and, isn't that how he says it um well he when he first got to the states his name is Jean because sure no Hispanic has ever been named Gene. Right. <laughs> That's right. just not That's a thing that happens. But he got here and people saw the way his name was spelled and they just started pronouncing it Gene, including their great play-by-play announcers on TV. They got Brian Anderson and on on, on, on radio they have the legendary Bob Euchre, yeah. who I have the utmost respect for. Like, those two are at the top of the game, yes. in my opinion. But people would take issue with me, like, oh, you know better than Brian Anderson? You know better than Bob Euchre? And I'm like, I, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I think I think I might. So and it, then he did a an interview with a, uh, a Hispanic writer from the San Francisco Chronicle, who sort of told his story of how he got from the Dominican Republic to America. And the writer said to him, he was like, "That's a weird pronunciation for your name. Like, is that the correct pronunciation?" He was like, "No, but I just I didn't want I didn't want to I didn't want to cause any problems." Oh, man. So- <laughs> 
So, so I just went with it. I'm, I'm not ignoring your all-star question. I will get back to yeah. it, but I have a quick story on Boreos that I call him Boreos because that is how I've heard him introduce himself, but I get a lot of heat for it. People say it's Barrios or it's Barrios, and it's it's fine. I, he's not someone who takes offense to it. He is one of like the all-time good guys um, that I've covered in my short time following the Twins, Um but I asked him, too, this goes back to the 2014 Futures game because the All-Star game was at Target Field that year, and I was in my basically my first season um, covering the Twins at that point. Um, and I asked him, I was like, you know, this is this stud prospect. Of course I'm going to go talk to him at the Futures game. Um, and I said, I've seen online some people call you J.O., some people call you Jose. Which do you prefer? And he says, well, a lot of people call me Jose. A lot of people around the Twins call me Jose. He said, my family oftentimes calls me Jose, but J.O. is my baseball name. He says, I go, I go by J.O. because it's for his uh, first two initials, Jose Orlando Barreos. Ah, okay. I was wondering so, where the J.O. was yeah, coming from. Yeah, I, didn't so, wanna, I didn't want to jump your story, no, but that good. explains it. So All right. I, I call him in print, I call him J.O., and people think I'm trying to be too fancy. They're like, oh, you're trying to be cool. I said, no, he told me that's his baseball name. <laughs> so he asked me to use that. I'm, I'm a baseball it. writer. I'm going to call yeah, him by right. his baseball uh, name. I, and no offense to Mr. Barreos, but the only time I'll be writing about him is within the context of baseball. So while he is a human and has this other outside life, I'm writing about him through the prism of baseball, so I go with J.O. His Twitter handle, Rami, is uh, J.O. La Machina. So a lot of people call him The Machine. That's sort of his nickname, La Machina. Spanish I failed Spanish machine. twice, but I was pretty sure La Machina was The you Machine. You got that one All right. right. Yeah. Okay, or good. The Mechanism, maybe? <laughs> but he's, he's a good dude. Doesn't care too strongly about that, but just don't let me be the authority figure on how to pronounce his name. Well, like, if he told you Boreos, then I'm going to say Boreos. I just hear him introduce himself that it's, way. It's going to take some training, but I'm going to I'm going to work on that. I'll so call him Boreos. Your guy, mm-hmm. J.O. Boreos, <laughs> is uh, he was a worthy all-star last year. People got a little bit mad at the selection process. They said Rosario had an all-star type season. Boreos maybe deserving, maybe not quite as much. But he got selected, I think, not that this is some grand conspiracy, but that a team like the Twins, who was kind of run of the mill and didn't have any superstars, you need to have one representative, so you're going to get one. And it's just easier to fill up a pitching staff on an American League side than it is to go and maybe take an outfield spot away from a deserving outfield candidate somewhere else. So Rosario might have actually just been a victim of circumstance. In either case, Barreos had a worthy first half it got a little bit tired or some fatigue or rundown or something, but overall, 2018 was a great year for him. I'm expecting even more in 2019. But you so. think that that was, he, like you said, he was a worthy All Star. It wasn't it wasn't the minimum requirement because yeah. every team has to have one guy. No, I mean the joke around here always is there were a lot of Twins teams that probably didn't deserve that one guy in the 90s, and they'd always get you. You get your All Star. I don't think this was that sort of case at all. This wasn't. You know, uh, your catcher getting in just because somebody else, somebody had to go and they probably needed an extra body. This was an all-star caliber pitcher sort of busting onto the scene last year. Um, Rosario will be on that list for me too, though, Rami. I I think that Boreos was worthy, and I think he'll have a better 2019. It's just a number of factors, and we can talk about that as we go on through spring training. But Eddie Rosario, to me, would be on this watch list um, shortstop is pretty loaded, so I don't know about a guy like Jorge Polanco with a full season now. Obviously, he didn't play the first half last year because of PED suspension. Jonathan Scope, if he bounces back, he'll absolutely be on the radar. Two years ago, he got MVP votes. Um, and other than that, 
it's really kind of your boomer bust guys. Are are Miguel Sano or Byron Buxton going to be on those lists? I I think the list to me starts with a Barrales, throw in a Rosario. We'll see with Nelson Cruz. He is going to be one of the best DHs in baseball, in my opinion, but that's also just pretty crowded. Right. Um, and it, the All-Star game in Cleveland this year, right? Yeah, so not that that matters, but you wonder, you know, how are the Indians going to do in, in terms of their representation, and are Royals fans going to write computer programs to stuff the ballot box online again this year and cheat to get their whole team voted to the starting, <laughs> starting line? I think baseball has done away with that, so maybe an unwarranted cheap shot, but... There's a lot of uh, there are a lot of good players in the American League as you look around. So that is the longest way I possibly could have answered your question. But if the Twins have multiple guys in that conversation for 2019, Rami, I think you're probably looking to add then at the uh, July 31st trade deadline. Every Friday on uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami, heard weekdays 2 to 4 uh, on Score North on 1500 or at scorenorth.com. Did you guys change time slots? Or uh, what did I say? You said 2 to oh, 4. Oh, 4 to 6. I'm sorry. My apologies. That's, hey, man, that's... we want more Rami. I keep hearing that. Every time I check Twitter, they're like, more of this guy. Who is this new guy? But 2 to 4 and 4, four to 6. No, 4 to 6. Podcast. 4 to 6 is okay. the time. Matthew Collar will be upset if I'm <laughs> 2 to he's, 4. So it's, he's superseding, it's, huh? It's 4 to 6, but... Uh, you. When you look around the outfield in, in the American League, and it is stacked. I mean, yeah. it starts with Mike Trout, who, in my opinion, is the LeBron James of modern-day baseball. Mookie Betts, obviously, with the Red Sox, another MVP candidate year in and year out. And then you have Aaron Judge, Mitch Hanniger. This is who Schoenfeld has making the All-Star game. Ben Attendee, uh, Tommy Pham, who was traded to the Rays, and then Nick Castellanos from the Tigers uh, on on my first write that down on Mackie and Judd with Rami my first prediction was Byron Buxton will be an all-star in in 2018 wow. um, and part of that is I'm not gonna lie uh, before I ever got to Milwaukee there were there were two guys on the Minnesota Twins who I was sort of fans of and were rooting for and one we talked about at length on the last uh, touch em all podcast and that's my guy Williams Astadio I just because I just like big boy athletes and I like guys who have fun playing <laughs> baseball and he checks off both boxes that's right but the other guy and I, I was just I was just enthralled by this guy's talent when he broke out in the second half of the 2017 season was Byron Buxton. I mean, I think that all all the tools are there with this guy, and it's just a matter of, of cracking that code. And I don't know if, if Rocco Baldelli is the guy who taps into whatever is there in Byron Buxton, but I just see, I mean, outside of Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, when you talk about all-around baseball player, and you look at that list of outfielders who Schoenfeld has making the All-Star game, I think I think he has all the tools, more tools than any of the rest of those guys that we talk about on yeah. that list. When you talk about the combination of what they can do on the field and their potential at the plate, Aaron Judge can mash, but you're not sticking him out in the outfield when you need defense. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, Andrew Benatendi, Tommy Pham, who he is, I mean, that guy is is a physical specimen. So maybe he falls into the same category as, as Buxton of a guy who has all those tools and just hasn't really unlocked it all yet. And Castellanos from the Tigers is pretty well-rounded himself. But I just think that when you look at raw physical tools that these guys bring to the to the field, Byron Buxton has as many as anybody as far as American League outfielders go outside of Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, am I overstating things when I say that? No, no. The to me, the Buxton conversation, basically since he was drafted, is not could he do this. You could see in a perfect world him doing this, but when I think about baseball players and and projections and outcomes and everything, I try to think about like what's the most likely scenario and what's the range of possibilities. 
And unlike some of the other guys on that list, like Aaron Judge, I couldn't foresee hitting 190 this year and never getting on base and not hitting for power. I could squint my eyes and see that happening to Byron Buxton. That's the difference to me is the range of outcome is so much wider for Buxton. But if he if he puts it together, and congrats, by the way, on, on swinging for the fences on your first write-that-down prediction. All three of my first predictions were, were swinging what for were the fences. What were your other ones? Um, Derek Rose would remain a wolf for the rest of – is that how you say it? He'll remain with the Timberwolves sure. for the rest of this sure. year and sign to come back next year. Wow. And that Gary Kubiak would be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings before 2019 was over. Sheesh. Yeah. You I don't play. I don't play, man. Now You're the not... sec- the second time we did all Super Bowl write that down predictions yeah. and uh I made mine all around the Maroon 5 halftime show. <laughs> all three were wrong in the first well, 5 seconds well, of the hey. Maroon 5 halftime show. All so, right. Yeah. I I don't know where to go with that one. I think I might just <laughs> shift off of Maroon 5, but I appreciate that you're coming in throwing haymakers I just, right I, away. I didn't predict that Adam Levine's nipples would be trending on Twitter. That was something that I just I did not see coming, Derek Wetmore. Oh, I did. And- <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought on the range of outcomes, that was maybe right. the most likely. Okay. That was the most likely outcome. I was actually hoping to see when they brought Big Boy out on the stage, I thought maybe Andre 3000, but unfortunately that was not to be. To me, that would, I mean, you're in Atlanta. That would have been the halftime that show. That was it. It would have just been right. outcast. That would have been, that would have been my halftime Thanks show. Thanks for coming, Atlanta, Adam Levine. But, right, exactly. This is the warm up. That was the main gig. Yeah, he can open for outcast if he wants, but. I, look, I don't, like, okay, Adam Levine and Byron Buxton, there's probably some tie there, but I'm not clever enough. I haven't had my second. Second cup of coffee. Just bring it back in. So, Just bring it back if in. If I'm dialing it back, it's like Byron Buxton to me has absolutely. I mean, short of maybe Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, he's. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys. No, 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 no. But can he be in that next tier of like? For years, we were comparing him to Kevin Kiermeyer or uh, uh, why am I drawing a blank on the Toronto? Oh, Kevin Pillar, who these guys are just rangy. They've got arms. With the glove, they're all you could ever ask for. Right. So then if they add anything with the bat, you're like, nice, we've got a nice little five- or six-win player on our hands. That's what Buxton is to me. He's going to be a gold-glove center fielder. If he plays this whole season, he wins the gold glove. That's my write that down. I Actually, I wouldn't do that well in that competition, Rami, because I would be constantly going for singles. <laughs> so as you came in and like jumped off the top rope, I would, be, I would say the Twins are uh, – they'll go somewhere – They'll win somewhere between 60 and 107 See, games this I'm a, year. I'm I think a that's la- pretty likely. I'm a launch angle slugging percentage guy. You're I'm not. Let her rip. Get on plane early and I, let her rip, man. I'm not a non-base batting average guy. I'm a, I'm a slugger. So, I, li- I like to I like to swing for the fences. Do damage. I love it. So, so I just I don't think he's necessarily in that conversation of the best in the game. But he doesn't have to add a whole lot offensively to be in conversation for one of the best center fielders, and especially not to be a plus player for the Twins, considering he's making less than $2 million. He can do that just with, without a, a bat in his hand. He can give you $2 million of value with his glove and his legs. So he's obviously on the range of outcomes. I would say you look at across the major leagues, Rami, he's probably number one on the list to me in terms of 
what is the gap between the highest possible outcome right. and the lowest right. possible outcome? That'd be kind of scary if I'm the Twins, but also exciting. Ceiling and floor, to use NFL draft language. Yeah, it's weird. Derek Falvey doesn't like the term ceiling, but I think it's something we're so used to in baseball. Yeah. No, I, I love the term ceiling. Yeah, it's like, this. what is the most you can do? And then if you hit that, be satisfied. <laughs> he, he's like, yeah, well, what would you have said the ceiling was for a guy like Dustin Pedroia? Michael Jordan would say the ceiling is the roof. Yeah, well, and Little Wayne would say there are no ceilings. So <laughs> we would just continue to go. I don't know. I, th- I think Buxton has as good a chance as anybody on the Twins to crack that. Can I give you – I do want to hear your take on the whole, like, the range thing. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. – to, hijack this back but i did want to give just on the all-star conversation before we get off of that completely i do want to have on the record three uh dark horses would you call them dark horses okay three guys that i think a lot of people won't say in a preseason all-star possibility that i would say are legitimate possibilities for the twins all right and they are who did we give we gave barrios we gave rosario sano buxton yep uh, scope. I suppose that would be if if you were asking polling average uh, fan in the streets, they might say those five guys. They might throw Nelson Cruz in there. There might be some weirdo with a Williams Astadio obsession that would throw him on the <laughs> Three guys who I don't think are going to be talked about at all, but could legitimately be there in uh, early mid July. Kyle Gibson out of the starting rotation, and then out of the bullpen, Trevor May and Taylor Rogers. I think our guys you're not going to hear in this preseason pub. No one's talking about them at all. And then by the middle of July, they might be in that respective category all-star representatives for the American League. If they have how many guys did we just list off? Well, okay. all together in all-star candidates. Okay, if you I, I, I wasn't going to go that far, but <laughs> if if three or four of those guys have the type of seasons yeah. where they're in the all-star conversation, yeah. this is going to be a really good baseball this, season. This is a 90-plus win team that you're adding to in July and can possibly topple the Indians. Back to Buxton for a second, if you don't mind. No, um, and, and something I, that I, we didn't talk about coming out of Twins Fest uh, a few weeks ago, and we touched on a lot out of Twins Fest, but I felt like this... Sort of flew under the radar. So last year, Buxton gets sent down to the minors um, and didn't get the call up when rosters were expanded to uh, 40 men in September. And he admitted that he he was frustrated um, by that and a, li- and a little bit, I, I don't know if you would use the word offended by that, that the Twins didn't have enough faith in him to bring him back to, to the major league level. And correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, I wasn't here at the time, but I think a lot of Twins fans felt like that maybe wasn't the best way to handle Byron yeah. Buxton. Well, I think the the word that I would use to describe it is like hurt. You know, this is an organization right. that you've been grinding for. It's a better word. Of course, they gave him a big signing bonus, so it's not like, okay, just because you went to the top of the draft, they don't owe you anything. you got to go out and earn it. But you talk about humility and team first and all that sort of stuff. Buxton exemplifies that, the, the, the sort of mental toughness too, which clearly he's had to have. If Buxton wasn't mentally tough – He'd already be cooked, right? Because of the seasons that he's had, uh, uh, maybe a weaker or a less resilient, uh, to probably use a better baseball term, uh, someone who is less resilient than Buxton or had that that sort of mental courage mm-hmm. would be sort of washed out right now. Because that's a lot of failure to deal with. We've seen guys come up, expectations fail, then the expectations build and build and build, and they crush under the pressure. Buxton does not strike me as that kind of guy. Of course, we'll see if that plays out on the field this year. But 
so the mental resiliency, the team first attitude, the, the doing everything he can to be an ambassador for this franchise, knowing that he sort of needs to take that leadership void and run with it, but also not being presumptive that it'll just be handed to him. And then the cherry on top is grinding through an injury to right. get back onto the field and try to help this team make the playoffs last year. For all of that, he was rewarded with a thanks but no thanks, go home, get healthy, thanks for grinding in Rochester, but we'll see you next year. And, oh, by the way, just an innocent byproduct of this whole thing is you're going to delay free agency by another extra year. I hope that's okay with you. KC in Fort Myers. And I can see why that would rub him the wrong way. At the time, did you think it was the wrong move by the Twins? Yeah, I kind of blasted him for it, and... I see the logic. I'm not going to try to pretend like service time rules don't matter and mm-hmm. that having that extra team control is helpful. And especially, you look at some of the guys who are going to come due for huge raises for them if things go well, it's really, really nice to have a Byron Buxton caliber you know, uh, athlete or, or commodity, if you want to call it that. Cause, right. Because major league players, we've heard, are uh, fungible, replaceable assets that are... What have you done for me lately? I just, to me, to have that person under team control for another year, yes, absolutely. If you're playing in a vacuum, if you're playing a board game, you go game theory strategy to the nth degree and you try to win on those rules. It's not the Twins' fault that the rules are set up to screw the players, but I still think it was the wrong decision to sort of spurn this guy that you're ostensibly building this thing around and say, you matter to us, but you only matter to us so much, and within the rules, we're going to try to squeeze you on this. I-, I think it was the wrong decision for that reason. Well, he showed up to Twins Fest having packed on 21 pounds of muscle in the offseason and said, quote, people tell you to take that frustration as fuel when talking about getting sent down last year and not getting called back up. And he says, and that's something I did as well to help me do what I want to do. So I had a great workout partner back home. He pushed me quite well enough to where once I got to a certain point in my offseason workout last year didn't phase me. So now we sit, I don't know, four or five months since they, they made that decision to keep him, well, to not call him back up to the major leagues when, sure. when rosters were expanded. And it seems like a, a motivated Byron Buxton, a guy who went back home and hit the, hit the weight room, hit the gym hard, put on 21 pounds of muscle and seems a little, not that he wasn't motivated before. Like you just said, he has all the personality traits that you want in a baseball player or in any professional athlete. But if, if it got a little bit of extra motivation out of him, if it was, if it was that carrot at the end of the stick that he needed last year, even if it did hurt him and even if, if, if like you said, things don't happen in a vacuum and you just, you just hurt your relationship with the most talented guy in your system right now. Yeah. If it got that little bit of extra motivation out of him and he had the type of offseason that he had because of it, in hindsight, would you now say it was the right move? I'm still not ready to go there. I, I see where you're getting at. I, like It totally makes sense that if this was part of the calculus, it's a box that we failed to check maybe last fall when we were criticizing them for it. I just think that it it wasn't a lack of want to for Byron Bucks, and that wasn't the fix that was needed. The fix that was needed was stay healthy and recognize a slider. <laughs> like, stay healthy and don't get in an 0-2 count before you walk up to the plate. <laughs> it seems like, and, and I hope that this is in his rearview mirror for the Twins' sake, for Buxton's sake, and for the sake of Twins fans, but I'll just, I'll clue you in as somebody who watched Buxton every day. It was incredible um, how how much most guys try to drive counts. Most guys, 
If you get that first pitch to hit, go ahead and wail on it. And if not, and you're 1-0, your odds just went way up against that pitcher. I, I watch the game in terms of counts, and that 1-1 pitch is sometimes the most exciting pitch in baseball because yep. if you've got a guy 1-2, it's over for him. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that other than me. We yeah. are going to get along very I well. I think this there, is going to go well. I think this will be a fun show. <laughs> I think this will be a fun show. We've nobody, some... nobody has ever talked about the excitement of a 1-1 one one count in oh, baseball. Let me just levy a quick complaint, and, and then because I know everybody loves negativity and complaints. But like, if I'm watching baseball with my friends, it's almost a challenge because I'm here – if it's twins, and now this is part of my job, and I'm taking this very seriously, and I'm trying to watch that 1-1 pitch, to them, they're like, well, nobody's on base, and there's nobody out. So, like, this is the time where we talk about just stuff. Right. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, is he going to go fastball or off speed? <laughs> How does he get back in the count? <laughs> Gibson was in charge here. Is he going to lose him? Uh, so, good. I guess I'll watch some baseball games with you because yeah, you'll we know should. when we you should. can talk and when I'll you're know not when to shut the to hell talk. up. Exactly. <laughs> now, your word's not mine, but I'm not going to correct you. Uh, so, so to me, the, the reason I bring up counts is because, like, Buxton either has no clue or no ability to drive them. And that's just a product of either poor plate discipline or poor pitch recognition or you're just not quite sure where your strike zone is or a, a lack of understanding what pitchers are trying to do. Trust me, you can have all of the tools in the world, and if you don't have a plan, that hitting thing becomes a whole lot harder. The flip side of that coin is you need to have a ton of ability to hit a big league fastball. But if you surpass that sort of like requisite amount of ability, you give yourself a huge, huge advantage by knowing what the pitcher's trying to do to you, knowing how you can counteract it. So to me, Rami, that's always been the question for Buxton is not, does he want this? Does he care? Does he want to be a superstar player? I've never once in my time knowing Buxton since he signed with the Twins in 2012. Not once have I questioned that. So if the if the the question is like, does him being extra motivated, does that make it the right decision? I, I'd still say no. I think it was the wrong decision for the Twins. And he did say, he told Rocco Baldelli that not only was he in the weight room a little bit more than in past uh, off-seasons, but spent more time in the cage. Yeah. And I don't know how much how much of that plate discipline and working counts you can necessarily get in, sure. in a batting cage, but... I mean, all of that is encouraging. That if, the fact that he took—it seems like he took this offseason a little bit more seriously. Not that he didn't take it seriously in the past, but took it a little more seriously and took a little more upon himself this offseason than in years past. Yeah, I think it's just a shift of focus. That's what I took it as. Like he was—he was doing sprint workouts every November. It's not like the guy took eight weeks off and then got back into spring training shape. I just think it's interesting, and it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out on the field. But whether someone with the twins got to him or he had his own trainer or whatever, or if it was just his workout buddy that was like, I bet I can bench more than you. Buxton's never focused on that stuff before. And you see him and you can see the weight in the shoulders and his chest. It's it's different. Still, 20 pounds on a guy who doesn't weigh 200 before that, that's a pretty big percentage change. And instead of focusing on sprint speed as one of the fastest players in Major League Baseball, I think it's really fascinating that he shifted the focus. I I just think that could have been accomplished without sending him out, right? You you didn't have to slap him across the face and say you're not good enough. You could have just said, all right, you're coming up in September because we'd rather see you than Johnny Field standing out there. But <laughs> if that's if that's a spot where you need to send a message to him, you can still say, we need you to be better next year. This is not close to good enough. I think you can communicate that message without sending him home. So I don't know. Are you team motivate Buxton, Rami, as – 
kind of kind of the new guy, but still followed the Twins and Buxton through following Major League Baseball. Do you think that's the right play at this point? So as as I'm sort of getting to know the lay of the land here, and and following the Buxton, like I said, I was a fan of the guy after I saw what he did in the second half of 2017. Yeah. Before I ever got here, so following that from a distance, I was thinking the same thing that probably a lot of you around here were thinking, which is. That's an that's an odd decision. I I got it because of the the service time rules as you went through pretty thoroughly. I got it, but at the same time, you're 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 fracturing a relationship to some degree with the guy who you you're you're placing a lot of your franchise's hopes on. So it seemed odd to me at the time. I didn't know a lot about Byron Buxton as a person as far as how motivated, how committed he sure. was as far as as far as major league ball players go. So I was I was trying to learn from you essentially if if this extra motivation was something that you thought was was necessary the, and and the extra motivation that he says he got from that that got him to go into the weight room a little extra got him to go into the batting cage a little bit extra this off season to yeah. the tune of twenty one pounds of muscle put yeah. on in one off season I know well so let me just ask you like let's say the relationship is fractured I don't know if it is but let's just pretend that it is for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. By the way, not cre- broken but no, fractured. That's right. Credit right. credit dude for showing up to Twins Fest and continuing to be that ambassador, right? That he right. didn't skip a beat yeah. with that stuff. I I am impressed by that personally. I don't think he needed to necessarily go be that face of the franchise guy, but here he is cuz that's who he is. He's Buck. I would say if that relationship is fractured, Rami, do you think there's enough time left on that to fix it or do you think that's like, on that day that you get sent out, you just make up in your mind that I'm holding this grudge for four more years, and the second I hit free agency, I'll sign anywhere but here. Um, no, because, like you said, there is plenty of time to, to mend those fences. Whatever hurt feelings were there, there's time There's time to make good on that. And you brought in a, a, a new manager, who yeah. I, I, so there's, there's a different voice and hopefully a good relationship between those two, which I think goes a long way. And if, if there is team success... Uh, winning cures all. So yeah. if there's right. some if there's some team success and a lot of that is contingent on Byron Buxton, I have a hard time seeing this team really do big things without him reaching at least close to his full potential. There's just too much riding on him for them to do that. So if if he reaches his potential and and the guys around him do do what it looks like they mm. could do and there's some success for the Minnesota Twins. I think that that puts a salve on on a salve on on some of the hard feelings. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's going to be fascinating to see what they try to do along the way. Maybe give them a little bit more extra money in arbitration or um offer a big long-term extension. I heard just for the audience here, I think I shared this with you and Phil Rami, but I've heard sources, well-placed sources, who said that the Twins are working on um, extensions for some of their ARB-eligible young players. I thought you were about to say Bryce Harper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a, my extreme deep throat source, <laughs> said Bryce Harper. There are allegedly eight teams, and we only know like four or five of them, so yeah. maybe... I was just about to get into that, if you don't mind. No, so... let's do it. I just Let's let's do the ARB-eligible guys another time, but I wouldn't be too shocked if you see at least one contract extension before the end of spring training. Okay. It probably won't be Buxton. I, I I'd just be shocked if you do Buxton right now. I think but that's a perfect somebody. place to leave it. That's a nice little tease yeah, for folks hey. to uh, keep coming back to make, scorenorth.com sure yeah, for so the latest on the Twins from Derek Wetmore. If you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, you'll get every episode, and please leave us a five-star review. Six if you can. Uh, so last week we, <laughs> we heard the news that the Padres 
entered the mix on Bryce Harper, which had you fuming because if the Padres are in on Bryce Harper, <laughs> then damn it, why not the Twins? Yeah. But uh, we now know of five teams that are in on Bryce Harper, and they are the aforementioned Padres along with the Phillies, White Sox, and Nationals. So actually, that's four teams. Am I doing that? Yeah, four Phillies, teams. I said five. Phillies, White Sox, White Sox Nationals, Padres. Um, but reports are that there are as many as eight teams in on Bryce Harper. So that gives us, and this is kind of ridiculous, four mystery teams. Four mystery if you teams. believe what you read, Derek Wetmore, well. that there are eight teams in on Bryce Harper, but we only know of four, San Diego, the Phillies, the White Sox, and the Nationals. Let me say two things before we go all cynical, you know, conspiracy theorist, and and uh, and try to, like, fit our tinfoil hats for the rest of the winter. I, I think... The obvious retort is, well, yeah, but Scott Boris is, of course, going to say that there are four mystery teams. Oh, there are only four teams? No, there are as many as eight, eight. and I just can't tell you who I'm talking to. But you can use you can you can run with this from a well placed source that says eight teams in on this. But then I think the other side of this too, Rami. Like if you were a team that was in on Bryce, but maybe you just wanted one of these one year deals. Like this dude just wants to hit free agency again at 27. Market's a little bit more normal, whatever, whatever. Would you want your name floated out there? Like, would you? I watched this happen up close and personal with the Twins last year when it came out that they were in on you, Darvish. And then when they were turned down, essentially, I mean, he took he took a lot of money to go sign with the Cubs, and who could blame him for that? Chance to win a World Series. I saw it very real that Twins fans were livid i mean they were so mad they would have been less annoyed with the twins if the twins had never been in on you darvish in the first place right to say nothing of the fact that they offered up a huge 100 plus million dollar contract and now it's kind of this like not so well kept secret everybody knows they weren't on you darvish now and it didn't help them so the the easy cynical thing is well of course Boris is going to say there are thirty six mystery teams because there are several teams in Korea and two in Japan that are also interested. Great. I would also say the flip side of that is if I'm a team that's on one of these short term windows, like I don't know that I want my fan base knowing we're having very serious internal discussions about Bryce Harper. So I I don't know. I kind of go both ways on that. So are you or are you not buying the four mystery teams? I don't think that there would be four teams at this point that didn't know what their offseason plan was and stumbled into Bryce. And I don't think that the Twins are going to be one of those teams either. Okay, <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what like who who else would even be are the Yankees uh looking for an outfielder slash DH bat? Uh the Dodgers could afford it. Well, early on in free agency, there were there were Scott Bor- Scott Boris actually outright said, I think it was at the winter meetings, that if the Yankees are interested, he would play first base if that's what they needed. Sure. Yeah, interesting that he would be willing to make that accommodation for them. I just, I don't know. I don't see any team coming with that same Nats offer that was allegedly floated last fall, the 10 years, 300 mil. I don't know that he'll get 300 mil. And now, same deal. You've set your expectations at that and thought, no thanks, we can beat that. Now if you can't get back to that number... It's got to feel really gross. It's got to feel really unsatisfying. Like I read a piece from Derek Gold, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch last year. It was a chat, actually, on their website that said, I was working on a piece on who the big four starters were, and I said, the Twins have to get one of these guys. And then he said, Lance Lynn was looking for something like $100 million. And I thought, oh, that's 
a lot of money to pay a guy who I don't think is extraordinary. And then he winds up, he turns down the qualifying offer, there's something like $17.5 million or $17.4, whatever it was, and then signing a one-year $12 million deal with the Twins. I got to imagine you show up for work on that first day, despite the fact that you're a multimillionaire and life is great, you're probably thinking, ugh, this is not even close to what I had been expecting. I bet you Bryce and the Manny Machado camp and all those guys, they're probably in that exact same boat. Your guy Craig Kimbrell is probably feeling the same way right now. Do you have an idea? Do you want to make a prediction here on the Touch Em All podcast before we wrap this up? When and where Bryce Harper and or Manny Machado will sign? I think both will sign after pitchers and catchers report. Um, where? I uh, I don't know. Uh, you think the, my Cubs could be a mystery team? For, either for which of, one? Either uh, of them. Um, I don't know. Manny's a tough fit there because you're pretty well spoken for uh, in the middle infield and at third base. The Bryce... What's the Cubs outfield situation right now? They got, got Schwarber, Hayward, yeah. Ian Happ, Albert yeah. Almora. Yeah, they're already kind of loaded there too. That's, I, I don't know. It's a pretty expensive upgrade unless you're planning on trading some pieces. I, I thought all along the most fun thing would be they both sign with the Phillies and just go break baseball and win a World Series. I'd I just love to see something where they say, okay, you guys want to be cheap on the free agent market because you think it's frugal and strategic and you're all smarter than everybody? Cool, we'll go buy two good baseball players and win a World Series. I, I thought that would be the most fun outcome. So I guess I'll stick with that. They both sign after spring training starts. One of them takes a one-year deal. That's my hot take. Really? Yeah. All oh, yeah. right. I think one of one of these 26-year-olds is going to say, screw this market, I'm hitting it again next year. Uh, who's the Me and Nolan Arenado are going to get paid big money somewhere next offseason. That's my... My bold prediction. I think uh, hot take is a good place to close out the latest Touch Em All podcast. He's Ra- he's he's Rami Makhlouf. I wish he's I Derek- was <laughs> No, you don't. Have you seen that hair? <laughs> he's Der- That's one thing I do got going. He's Derek <laughs> Wetmore. You can find his work on the Twins at scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makhlouf. We'll talk to you next time on Touch Em All.